Well, welcome to World Shop, the what? podcast where Holy we roll. Shit. Welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we create Cody? worlds based on the roll of a twenty-sided dice. I'm Jordan. I'm Cody. <laughs> Jordan. So, and by that I mean myself. What have you been watching this week? <laughs> God, I hate you. T- <laughs> Okay, so I literally, I just, I'm one episode away from fitting, well, I'm on the last episode of Castlevania, the season three. And yeah, you also started watching it, but you said you're only three episodes in. Yeah, how many episodes are there? Is it only like there's, seven or? No, there's ten this time. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's yeah, longer. And least. that's why I'm like, it's a log bird of a lot of nothing happening. <laughs> yeah, I think um, it also, so... Uh, the reason why the intro to this episode was weird, full disclosure, we started talking about Castlevania and realized like, we, we should be were... doing the show of this yeah. stuff instead of just talking to each other. So, anyways, I think, so, the vampire half of the show, too, I'm like, I don't want to say I'm less interested in, but it almost feels like a step backwards. Like the Carmela stuff, right? The... Yeah, because Dracula was literally trying to apocalypse everything. Because he missed his wife. And now My Carmilla, wife. yeah, well, oh boy, let me tell you, he only had a few lines. <laughs> my wife! <laughs> my wife, I'm sad about my wife. And then at the last episode, my son, my son. It's literally, that's all he did the last yeah. season. Anyways, there's a reason why I didn't love the second. I, the first season was great. Anyways. The first season was great, but the fight scenes at the end of that last season were so good. Yeah, they were. That's they true. They were really cool. Um, so it feels just like slightly lower stakes when Carmilla is like, I just want to make a, a small kingdom that I can maintain and feed on all the humans. And I'm like, man, I think I'm on Carmilla's side, you know, two of her vampire friends are in love. I'm like, I want them to just happily feed on a few thousand people. That's a sacrifice I'm willing to make for love. It's you one know? of those things where it's like, I understand you're supposed to be the bad guys, but like, it's you're, you're vampires. It's your blood to feed off people. And like, sure, go ahead. I really don't care about Carmela's storyline at all. It's like, I am planning a scheme and the scheme is going to be very schemey and everybody will see the scheme is the schemiest scheme. And it's like, I don't care. Yeah. I really don't care. It's like, let's get I, to I the stuff think, that I do care about. <laughs> I think this show could use more focus at the moment because there's stuff that I really liked, right? Because I love Trevor and Sypha. Yeah, Sypha. I love Sypha. that couple so much. <laughs> they are adorable. The comment about cold feet was amazing. It felt it's very real. better than sex. <laughs> oh, better <laughs> than the sex, beer. isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Sol- and they're both just like, both those voice actors do a very good job of playing off of each other. Like, it feels very natural, yeah, you know? Yeah, it feels real. It feels like a real couple. And, I mean, you mentioned this kind of off- Completely well, we weren't her. recording, yeah. but I I agreed with what you said, which is it's nice that they just went, okay, no, like they're the romantic couple and we're not going to will they, won't they the whole episode. Or the they're whole like, season, series. Like, it's, oh, a relationship. this couple just happened. Like, yeah. And it did, we didn't have to see them get on, get do it, get together on screen. We just come into the season and it's like, they're a couple. And it's like, I like that. I'm happy. Yeah. Well, and it's it's a part of relationships that I feel like frequently get glossed over, which is like the actually doing them part. Yeah. Where they are in a relationship and there is drama aside from them like either cheating on each other or breaking up from each other. There's just like maintaining that relationship is something worth watching, you know? 
Yeah. Um, so it's cute and I enjoy it. And also just like their storyline, I find kind of fascinating, like the weird, creepy castle full of weird, creepy monks that yeah. are like that, worshiping Dracula. That's what this whole season should be. It should be that small, like village murder mystery, whatever's going on. It should be that, but it's focusing on Carmilla. It's focusing on Alucard. It's focusing on um, Isaac, too. Like, we have four yeah. different storylines going on. I only care about Trevor and Sypha. And, the thing and a is, little bit there's... for Hector in in that part of Carmilla's storyline, but I don't care about Carmilla. The, the problem, too, is that, like, all of their writing is pretty good. So the part where, um, oh, gosh, what's his name? The Forge Master that's hiring a boat. Yeah, Isaac. Yeah, Isaac. I really like him, and I like the story that he's doing. Like, the interactions that he has are fun, and he's a creepy character, and I enjoy that. But You, you got to him talking to the boat captain, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. he's just I, like, I, really I could like kill you and take your boat, and he's like, nah, no, I don't I'm, think I'm you I'm not could. going to do that. And it, like, I really like the accent they gave the guy. Yeah, just, I, I really, yeah, yeah. He seemed like a very chill guy. That whole conversation they have on the boat is really nice. Well, and that's something, too. Like, you pointed out accents, and it... I don't know. I find the way people talk fascinating. Yeah. And I love that everyone does not just sound like a different version of British, which is which nice. happens a lot. Yep. And I know how much you hate the British. Well, I don't hate. I mean, it's it's like fantasy shorthand and at some points yeah. it feels lazy cuz like Sypha doesn't sound British. You know what I mean? And neither just Trevor does. But that um, makes sense for Trevor, though. His family right, seems like, like it would be like a like British legacy family. Right. And so I kind of like that um, Saifa either kind of sounds like Icelandic, maybe? Icelandic, or, not British. <laughs> yeah. Like, she has a different cadence than just the generic fantasy one. And the same thing for that ship captain who and she's like, adorable. had a cool... Well, yeah, she is. Um, who had he did have a cool voice and a cool way of speak, and that's even true for Isaac. Like Isaac, kind of has an interesting inflection to the way he talks. Yeah. Um, and you know what? That's also true for all the vampires too. All the like, yeah, the vampires that Camilla Car- is it? Car- I think it's Carmela. I think okay. it's Carmela. Like, hold on. I, can- I think the problem is I read a book recently where there was a vampire named Camilla, and that's throwing it's me like, off. It's Carmilla. So C A R M I L L. Carmilla. Jordan, a character that I just put in an RPG is named Camilla. That's why I'm getting confused. Okay. I mean, it's pre- pretty much the same name, but with an R in it. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm getting confused. I Anyways. don't like Carmilla. I don't like her storyline. Like, her storyline last season was so much more interesting. But like I said, it's, I'm coming up. She's Yzma. She's Yzma from Emperor's New Groove. Yeah, but she has fun sidekicks. Yeah, but she herself is not good. She's just Yzma. Yeah, her crumps I mean, are the more important characters. I mean, that's true for Emperor's New Groove too. I like Crunk more than I like. Well, Yzma. yeah, but that's because Crunk's just a likable character. Also, I just don't like care about what's his name, the the sad boy in the jail cell. You know, the naked sad boy. Yeah, it's. I'm just I done was, with it. I was fine with, done it. with it. I was fine I'm, with it. I just don't care. I see. The thing is, like, ha, I, I'm at the end, but most of the storylines I saw. What was going to like? I, they were very telegraphed very early, and it's just like, okay, well, I know where this is going, so I realized, like, I just because the only one that wasn't was Sypha and Trevor's story. That was the in, that's the one the whole season should be about is Sypha and Trevor. Yeah, well, and also that I don't know who he's supposed to be still, but the uh, 
the what old does he guy keep... with the chains and stuff on him? Or who? No, Saint uh, Saint Germain. Yeah, Saint Germain. That what it... That's what I'm talking about. The old guy. With yeah, the he's freaking the best. I love that guy he's already. Very... He's the... This whole season should just be those three in the small town murder mystery. Yeah, I'm I'm like way on board for Saint Germain, like weirdly trying to <laughs> sneak into a like cult of vampire yeah. worshippers and it's it's having fantastic. to be. He's great. Um, you know what I will say? Okay, that, that was that was something else we were talking about off air. Is the one thing I will say that I miss is the um, is Alucard being with the other two. Yeah, I loved the chemistry between Alucard and Trevor. So now this whole season, I'm just like, but get the get the band back together. And I'm guessing like, you haven't met the twins yet, or no? No, I just did. They okay. just showed up. But I'm like, you know what? They're not. They're not. They're not Trevor. Trevor. And no. And Trevor's way more fun. <laughs> like, yeah. I I love that those two can kind of keep up with each other. You know, like they're and they play off each other really well in that scene at the end where like they're saying their goodbyes at the end of season two, and like Trevor says bye or whatever, and then Alucard just flips him off. That was yeah. It's that chemistry <laughs> is really fun, and we don't it's have perfect. that with the Alucard is just a sad boy. Hector is also a sad boy. Isaac There's a is lot a of sad boys. sad boy. The only one who's not really the only side that's not really sad boys is Trevor, Sypha, and Saint Germain. <laughs> you know, you know what I will say though. All credit to like the other part of the story that I'm most invested in is Isaac because he is the least sad boy. Of the three he's, sad he's boys, proactive. He's the least. Yeah, at least you he's know what doing I mean. Something. Like Alucard literally has stuffed animals of his friends, which was really funny. And I'm like, well, you can't get on a bus. <laughs> like, write a letter, dude. <laughs> write a letter. Use like one of your magical mirror things to show up to your friends. Fly because you're like a vampire. You could turn into yeah, a bat. Yeah, you're literally immortal. I think you can make the time to go get tea with a buddy. Yeah, like, and even if you don't like him or don't want to admit you like him, you can still be like, oh yeah, I was bored at my dead castle, so I wanted to hang out with you. Okay, Jordan, I'm going to ask you something. Which is creepier? Me having to admit that I care about you, or me making a stuffed animal of you that I keep in my bedroom? The stuffed animal part, because if I found out that you made a stuffed animal of me, I would be really, really weirded out. Just, just like, don't come in my even, bedroom, and you don't need to find out about course, what stuffed oh, yeah, animals I have. I did this I because have. it's a joke off a TV show. I still be like, yeah, what the fuck, man? <laughs> like, I'm going to make a stuffed animal of you, and then I'm going to send you a picture of it. If that was the plan, I would be impressed that you actually followed through and made a stuffed animal. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's it like seems more like something I'm not going yeah, to follow exactly. through like, on. Yeah, exactly. That's the impressive part to me is the fact that you actually did it, not the, <laughs> fact that, not, not the fact that it's creepy, the fact that you actually followed through on that. I mean, then like I how can I like, drew you shoving... a picture and just never sent it to you. Huh? Th- oh, you didn't send it yeah, to me, did you? Yeah, I never sent you the hex- I need to do that. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, I can put it above my computer and everyone can be confused about why You're it's confused there. Confused and upset <laughs> is really what I aim for. <laughs> um (laughs) jeez i also love killing conversations jordan yeah so good at it just okay i will i will say despite like some of the things i dislike about the season like the fact that there's too many storylines happening at once and the fact i will say the direction and directing of the freaking show is spot on amazing the fight scenes fight choreography is awesome saifa's magic i don't know if i actually said this on the episode yet but saifa's magic is some of the cooler magic I've seen in anime, and that's exactly what I want to see 
of magic in a show is you fly around, you shoot fire at your hands to fly, then you jump down, send ice spikes at something, then you send a giant gust of wind, you roll, you shoot more fire. That's what I want to see. It's just like a lot of use of magic and it's very fluid. It's not like she has it's to very dynamic. Spell. She just does it and it's like she'll do hand symbols and then shoot out fire and it's really, really awesome looking. It doesn't feel clumsy. It almost kind of has like that... Um uh, avatar yeah. kind of thing to it, where the magic feels very it's fluid, fluid and can, yeah, right. Like they're able to do magic without like dicking around a bunch, so it doesn't seem clumsy. She can just do magic, and they don't have to like. And as much as I like Full Metal Alchemist, you're not drawing symbols, you're not doing that. She's just very fluid with the motion. She does like couple hand symbols, but it's mostly arm movements. That she'll flow, she'll fly, she'll roll. It's really cool. She's yeah. an amazingly well done character. I love Cypher. I mean it. <laughs> it does fit the archetype of anime woman you would be obsessed with. So yeah, really adorable woman who can do awesome magic and just ki- just straight up kills monsters left and right without a thought. And has ice cold feet. Yeah. Yeah, and has ice cold feet. <laughs> we all have a type. Yours is zombie foots. Yeah, my zo- zombie feet. But anyways, so that's Castlevania. Oh, I guess, Cody, are you supposed to ask me what else have I been doing this week since you're the host this week? You're supposed to ask me that. I already asked you what you've been doing. Okay, Cody, what have you... I mean, I've been doing other stuff, but Cody, what have you been doing? Um, So I re- I kind of got through these two books really quickly because of the way library loans work out, <laughs> and I got them back to back, and they're both short. So, <laughs> like a year ago, I read this book called Sleeping Giants, which is about someone finding a giant Gundam buried all over the planet and then putting it together, then learning to fly a giant Gundam. Okay, that's the coolest thing I've ever heard. Continue. I loved the first book. It was really cool. It was all told through, like, interviews, and it was all about, like, the political Oh, so it was like an of- oral history type thing? Huh? It was like an oral history type thing where you're like, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You just like read the, through interviews and like people talking. It's not like yeah. an actual novel, like descriptions the, of everything that happens. I don't want to say the main character, but a central and important character is like this. He, he doesn't have a name. He never gives a name to anybody. So like no one, everyone just refers to him as him. And uh, he is like an he's an intelligence guy so he records everything really diligently so he always records his conversations and keeps like a file on these things you know and so that's how you get a lot of these interviews is people like kind of ask him like why are you recording this he's like i record everything that's just i'm paranoid so i record everything you know <laughs> um but it was really mysterious like by the end of it you don't know where this giant robot came from you don't know why it was left on the planet and then the second two books explore that. You find out why it was here, what it and can be used for. do you like that, or is that, was that an upset? I know you so, don't always like that. I was... So you finish the first book, and your mind wanders with all the cool reasons that there could have been a giant robot puzzle left on the planet. Because, who knows? Like, why is it that we're finding a hand here and a leg here? And, you know, they, like, put this thing together, and it feels like... It has a purpose, you know? And so your mind makes up stories that fit that. Yeah. I think the problem that's what was... what supposed to do. I liked my own brain version of what happened more than what the book ended up doing with it. Yeah. Um, which is it. not to say that the book wasn't good. It's just I didn't love it as much. <laughs> I was a little bit let down. Um, and then the other part of it for me was 
given the fact that the story is about like is all these dialogues between people mostly yeah they had to eventually bend over backwards to put you in the action but still in that same format yeah and i almost wish they had just skipped the fights and and i when the uh caitlin suggested it to me of course she did she she's said the people, only one who does books in your life like, well her and zach it's either one of one or one of, one of them is one usually of that, one that suggests the book. yeah um she said that people that read it complained about it and the audiobook is a full cast so it's awesome that's really cool it is I it's like great that. the full cast is good and all the voice actors are real good right so but all the fight scenes are just like people grunting and screaming it's those dragon ball z <laughs> and then by the end of it i was like this very quickly at one point turns into gundam where there's just like two giant robots screaming at each other and then just like it's a father and a daughter having a crying screaming fight well in giant robots kicking the crap out of each other and like breaking each other's arms off and they're all like getting almost killed as their legs are getting broken inside this robot and i'm like this just became Gundam. Okay. We I went through all this, and the end of the book is Gundam. <laughs> like what uh, the heck? Okay, don't besmirch Gundam first. Okay, but that's totally what Gundam yeah, is. It's, it's like totally, yes, I, kids screaming and crying while mutilating each other inside of robots. You know, and someone always gets an arm cut off in one of those shows. Not, Anyways, not, not a per. The people usually don't get their arms cut off. Okay, the one Gundam show that I finished ended with a guy getting I his I do love how you say the one, one. So you admit that you've only seen one. So you're just saying the whole series has this I always happened when I've only seen one. Have barely seen one and getting through that was like pulling nails. Yeah, because like you, wa you watched Unicorn, right? That's, I don't know what it was that's called. The I was 13. Freaking, that's the freaking worst one, dude. Is it the one where they like the end of it? They like crash into a volcano. I haven't seen it, but I, I watched and part then, of it and I didn't like it. And I usually love Gundam. Yeah, so that, I guess that shows you that it probably is not the best. I have mixed feelings about it's Gundam. The, I mean, you can't tell the difference between CGI anime and not, but it's the one with CGI anime, and I can't stand that stuff. I don't always mind CG. I I, I don't like the CG. I just like regular drawings, like. Yeah. I can I can respect both. I think they both have their place. I feel like you can't do some of the same stuff with the regular draw, the, like with CG as you do with the regular animation styles. Uh, I think that's true. Yeah, like, I, I feel I think like it's that... very flat at points. It's quicker to do, is what I've I assume. I was gonna say heard. I haven't heard that. I just assume. Yeah, I wonder if that's true. The the thing that I had heard is that some more complicated things can be easier. So, um. I guess a famous example is Goblin Slayer. Is um, that CG? Goblin Slayer, the guy, is. It, oh, Nothing else okay. is. So yeah. he's the one CG part, but the reason for that is that he's such a complicated thing because he's this big, clumsy suit of yeah, armor, so it's easier with the red to CG eye. that like movement than it is to... But, you know, what do I know? Literally nothing about anime. Yeah, but yeah, so that's I, what I've well, been up to. Like I, I would just assume that it's easier, but I, I don't know. Like... I've been watching a lot of anime in my life, and so... Oh, speaking of CG anime, they're doing yet another Ghost in the Shell series, and it's all 3D CG. It's 3D yeah, animation. I, I saw that. Don't... It looks bad. Cody, I love... Ghost in the Shell is one of my favorite sci-fi things 
anime. It's really good. It's it's really good. The Ghost in the Shell movies fantastic. Standalone complexes fantastic. Ghost in the Shell Arise is really good. The only thing that I didn't like was the freaking Scarlett Johansson. Movie. <laughs> I was gonna say ScarJo. <laughs> yeah, but Ghost in the Shell was really good, and now they're making a Netflix like CG, like three D animation, and it's like I want to like you because it's Ghost in the Shell, and I like Ghost in the Shell, but it just doesn't look like Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I saw some clips from it, and I just went, mm, I think it's probably not going to So I think this. April or May is when I'm going to be complaining a lot about Ghost on the Shell. We'll be back on a regular World Shop schedule by then, so you'll get to hear it weekly. Um, and yeah, it's just, I'm I'm not excited. Yep, I get you. Well, Jordan, what did we do last week? <laughs> God, Cody, I really don't like you. <laughs> Well, last week, technically, we did our um, World Shop campaign. I actually uploaded the first episode of that, so that's going to be going strong. Woo! Uh, geez, the week before that, what was 79? Man, you actually got Don't me. look it up. Don't even look it up right now. I can see you looking it up. Okay. No, 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 no. Hands up. Hands up. Oh, yeah. I, did. I know I you did don't know it, Jordan. I, I didn't look it up. Hands up. Non-complicated uh-huh. world was mine, and I did the sheriff. Um, in the t- um, town of everybody has powers, and then you yeah. did super complicated, and you did sorry super convoluted specifically, and, and you, you did all the different gods, and the worlds were shattering, and you had Grom Gromler and Splork was the other one. I think Splork was <laughs> one of the Splork gods, and Grom Gromler were gods, <laughs> and you you totally did it well, as a parody of my style. And it was not just Splork and Grom Gromler. Well, yeah, there was a bunch either. of other there ones, but Grom Gromler and Splork were the ones I got mad at. Because I, I love Grom Gromler. Grom Gromler was just cats. <laughs> it's just cats. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was. That was the one that was loosely based man, on Rumtum You put me on because this is a see. Every other time I know him, but this was the one time that it was a weak gap in between. I don't want to hear your excuses, okay, Jordan. You but I still got him without looking it up. Just want to tell you that. All right. So, Jordan, what's this week? This week is we're writing stories in our co-host's world. Yep. And I am writing my I world. I hate how in... you're hosting this. Can you please just give me back the controls? No. What? No. God. Absolutely not. <laughs> I hate that you're doing this to me right now. <laughs> I know, I can tell that you don't like it, and that makes me We've been doing it one way for, this is episode 80. We have been doing it one way for 79 episodes, because I think the first episode, we first two, we like switched off, whatever. But we've been doing it one way for over 70 episodes. Yeah, hey Jordan, I think it'd be good if we got back on track. So anyways. I'm going to murder you. Okay, Cody, I'm doing from now on, we're rolling for initiative. No, well, but I, I wanted to know what. What do you are you gonna tell me what world you did of mine? Yeah, once I start telling the story, I thought okay, that's what we okay. usually do. Come, you would know if you had hosted the show before. Well, no, but I mean, I'm hosting this week, so <laughs> we're, we're not having you host ever again. Oh my gosh, I literally <laughs> just lost all control and I'm freaking out. <laughs> oh boy, Jordan, what did you roll? I rolled a 14. I'm guessing you got a 20 or a 1. I rolled a one. <laughs> as soon as you said, "Oh boy," it's like either you did really good or you did really bad. So I guess yeah, I'm I going got a first. One numero uno. I'm sorry, I just cracked my knuckles directly into the mic. Yeah, Jordan, could you go ahead and not? Crack also, your since you're hosting, should you also be editing this week? Lord no. Okay, as I was gonna say, please don't because I actually like having that little moment of editing and listening back. So <laughs> don't steal that from me. Um, oh, okay, so, so the world that I did. Was um, your apocalypse world? I did not do this because Diana recently like commented on it. I was planning to do this as soon as we did stories 
I was originally going to do your um, Supernatural World, the one where it was like the small town and you had like vampires and everybody living in the town. I want to do that one, but A, you already kind of had a story in that world. And yeah, B, it was fairly narrative. Yeah, it was very narrative. And B, I just like, that's one that I want you to handle eventually down the line because I don't think I would do it justice because like you said, you already had a narrative and idea of what you wanted to go for. And that's kind of how I felt when you asked me, hey, what world would you want me to do? I'm like, crap, a lot of my worlds aren't really your style. So, like, I can think of, like, five that you could really do well. (laughs) And also, I realize a lot of your worlds, when you do these stories, just end up being romance stories. Uh, Or having a flight of romance in them. I'm trying to do that more. Um, More or less. I'm trying to do... Mm, I don't even. I don't know if I want to say romance more, but I guess maybe like personal intimacy more, yeah. which then ends up being romance I, I, more. I guess not just romance, but you do have a lot of very personal, very contained stories. Yeah, and but I mean, romance is something that I'm like trying to get better at writing, just because I feel like job. it's frequently overlooked, mm-hmm. um, or it's just like a cake that you get at the end of the story. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you did the story, here's your girlfriend, you know, like, that's... And we were kind of talking about that with Castlevania, where a lot of them, it's like, they don't explore the relationship. The whole build-up for a story is them, the will-they-won't-they, them finally getting together, and then we end the story right when they get together. And I guess that's one of the reasons I really liked Scott Pilgrim, is because... Well, the um, graphic novel's not the movie. (laughs) The graphic (laughs) novel's, like, they get together, and, like, they explore that relationship over six novels, and then, like, we get, like, okay, there's a lot of issues, there's a lot of good stuff, and we get kind of what happens from that. I should actually just go to my story instead of talking about other... So talking about your stuff. We can talk about your stuff on your part. So my was your apocalypse world, where um, the world... I will... It gets explained a little bit in this, but it was a pretty much Earth, but the world was slowly flooding. It wasn't like a rain. It was raining, but it wasn't like Noah's Ark where it was supposed to be like just completely flooded, destroyed within a couple of days. It was just a slow, like steady, constant rain. I forgot that, but I'm, I'm glad you remember. <laughs> well, I mean, I remembered it, and then I also re-listened to the episode because I really liked your. I really liked that episode, and oh, so I'm glad you like it. Um. Yeah, and you'll get into this, but I kind of wanted to do this. I'll, I'll explain this after I do my first part. Okay, so my um, story is called Kids, Water and Sadness, which is what I called the episode and what I made fun of your world for being, Water and Sadness. This is just going to be depressing, isn't um, it? Melancholic, yes. Uh, All my stories are melancholic. Like, I don't think I told I a happy... I want you to be optimistic once in your life. Write a happy world. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I can do that right now. <laughs> well, it's on the list to write like a cute world of like, like a God loves you I know. world. It's all of that's on the list. So maybe we'll I'm get to that next week. I'm excited for the God loves you world. Oh, I have like no clue what so I'm going to do for that other than just pretty much just do like Teletubbies or something. I don't know. I was talking to my we brother to about that episode, today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. Gosh, I hate like not talking and then we start talking. And this is, yeah. Anyways, kids, water and sadness. I lay there in bed, staring up at the ceiling, listening to the quiet pitter-patter of the rain. This would have been a calming noise if it hadn't been steadily raining for over two months. The entire world was slowly being flooded one day at a time. When the rain first started, everyone was having so much fun with it. There were canoe races in the streets, water fights broke out everywhere, and even the water parks took full advantage of the rain. 
But then the rain didn't stop and was forecasted to never stop. The gray clouds hung like a sheet in the sky and the rain just kept falling down. It wasn't a torrential downpour. There were no hurricane-like winds, just a steady, constant pitter-patter. That's when the fear set in. Everyone accepted that this was the end of the world. There wouldn't be a seven-headed dragon or a meteor to take us out. No nuclear war, just a quiet, watery end. In the town I grew up in, most people took their boats and tried to find higher ground. The adults closed up shop and everyone quietly moved to the highest floors in their houses, forbidding the outside as it was deemed too dangerous. The power had already gone out as the power plants were completely flooded. Most people decided to stay in and accept this end. There was no way to stop the rain, so everyone quieted down and decided to spend the lesser days with their families. To me, it was awkward and kind of scary. My parents tried to keep a brave face for me and my younger sister Emily, but the fear was potent throughout the small space of our house. Emily kept asking when the rain was going to stop so we could go and play outside. And my parents' answer was simply, soon. But I knew what was going on. Me and my friends had been sneaking out ever since we were all forced inside. The four of us had found a small treehouse away from all the water where we could sit and talk without worry. We had been planning something for a while. If the world was going to end, then we would have one last day of fun. One last day to hang out and not worry about the impending doom. One day to be away from the sad looks of our parents and the sad nature of just being stuck inside with nothing to do. And that day was today. My friends Sarah, Carl, and Patrick were on their way to my house in Sarah's canoe, and then our adventure would begin at the crack of dawn. I was excited, but all in all, it was kind of a sad day. After today, we would have to admit to ourselves, this was the end. And then I heard, clink! A rock hit my window, meaning it was time for me to go. I started to get up and grab my bag when SMASH! My window completely shattered, and a large rock skidded across the ground with a quiet, I always wanted to do that following it. Of course, my parents didn't stir as well. They simply didn't care anymore. I was pretty sure my parents knew I was leaving on most nights, but they gave up trying to stop me. Why should they stop me? The world was ending anyways. I grabbed my backpack with all my things wrapped and waterproofed and headed to the window. Good morning and happy end of the world to you, Sarah called out waving. They were all wearing rain ponchos, looking up at me with bright smiles on their faces. Well, except Carl. Carl was looking back and forth nervously as if to say, Quiet down! What if we all get caught? Cheer up, Carl! It will be all over soon! I yelled at him, echoing in the early morning silence. He looked even more scared. Over his rain poncho, he was wearing an inner tube and duck floaties along with karate headgear for some reason. Carl couldn't swim and it showed, but hopefully that would all get remedied soon. So, are you coming down or are you just going to stand there with that weird smile on your face? Patrick said with a smile. The first floor of my house was completely flooded, so there was only one way out. The window. Be down in a second, I said, and backed up to my... And I backed up to my wall to do something I always wanted to do. With a running start, I jumped out the window, tucking my legs like I was a superhero in a movie and cannonballed into the water with the intention of getting everyone soaking wet. Holy crap! Everyone yelled at once as I crashed into the water. I was a bit disoriented, but it was well worth it. After a few seconds, I swam to the surface and Carl 
stared down at me with a look of pure terror as he and Patrick began to pull me up into the canoe. Sarah held her paddle high into the air and screamed, Let the fun begin! And that's my first part. Okay, your world's winning me over. I'm liking it. Yeah, it's just so... Okay, there's been a lot a lot happened in the last two weeks that we didn't do Worlds. <laughs> so, so, like, I first started listening to the band Pop and been watching their music videos. And they have a music video, like, a fictional telling of when they were kids and how the band started. So that's, like, part of the idea of just crappy teenagers just exploring the world in a melancholic way. And it just, parts of it reminded me of my friends in high school and some of the adventures and stupid stuff that we did. Um, later you'll see this character Sarah is based off of one of my friends from high school, Sarah, who A, will probably never listen to this, but B, I still love you and I miss you every day. Um, and yeah, it's just, a lot of it just was, and the other people were just random, like caricatures of some of my other friends, but it just, a lot of it was, just, I wanted to do just like teen rebel world. Well, Team Rebel story and just like have them just <laughs> and I like the setting of like the end of the world, but trying to enjoy it, even though like everything sucks right now. Yeah. And I also wrote this before all the coronavirus scare. So here we go. <laughs> Teams are gonna start having this <laughs> because a lot of schools, especially around me, have started closing. So teens are gonna yeah. be having these melancholic days where they just sneak out and hang out anyways, even though they're told not to. So we're gonna start seeing it. <laughs> Hey, you know, as long as it's not more than groups of, like, 20, right? Yeah. Yeah, no groups of over 20 people, right? 20 to 100, I think. Well, 20 plus 100 is the big thing. Yeah. It's, it's whatever. On who's making the rules. Yeah. Um, so, all right. which one do you do? I think I know because you I, talked to me I did. That. I did the, the Your Last World. Um, which, hey, can you do me a favor? Hmm? Can you do Sheriff Kane's voice for me once? Oh, my God. I can't, I can't remember what I did last week. I think I just tried to have... Um, like a slight like midwestern accent slash southern accent in there, like so. Okay, I guess I'll just talk here, like myself. No, then. <laughs> here, let me try to find what here. I'm gonna now actually don't, look don't and listen open. to it. No, I'm not just, listening. I'm gonna open up the thing and try to read it how I no. felt it last week. Everyone will talk about their hometown with pride and reverence, but really there is little that is special about the town of Lawrence. Okay, okay, so, so it does have a little bit A little bit, bit of a of, twang, I guess. A little bit of a twang. I tried to do okay. that. I know I dropped out of it a couple of times, but I tried to do just like a slight, slight of a twang. Supersonic barks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so the main character of this story is not Kane, but he's in okay. it. So anyways. I was worried. Slomer is perfect here. It's 5 p.m., it's Friday, and I'm done filing reports for Kane. I rush out the door of the police station, slide into my Mazda Miata. Sure, it's a 1992, but I got it for a steal. Kane shakes his head, equal parts exasperated and tickled, as I roar out of the parking lot onto Main Street. I mean, okay, I say roar, but I kept it under 30 while I was in town. Just a girl comes on the radio, and all I do is cruise. The town rolls past me. The high school <laughs> is starting to empty. All the kids are leaving after baseball or theater or whatever things kids are doing these days. Families sit happily outside around the Tasty Freeze. Moms and dads eating soft serve while children run in circles to the comfortable sounds of 50s music. All around, people are walking, holding hands, or chatting on the street corners. I can see farm equipment gliding lazily back and forth outside of town. Summer is perfect here. 
And I feel like I'm going to die of boredom. I kept my Mazda Miata under 30 while I was in town. But once the town ends and the speed limit signs start to tick up from 35 to 45, then to 55, I smile and put in my Anthrax cassette into the tape deck. I downshift and floor the accelerator. That's when it hits me. See, not everyone here is normal. Some of us are odd. I didn't really find out I was odd until I was about 16 and I got my driver's license. The first time I floored my parents' Ford Taurus, my heart rate spiked and time slowed down. Really, that's normal. People often say that they feel like time slows down, but for me it really does. The more adrenaline that starts pumping, the more I'm able to react and perceive all these details. I always had good reflexes growing up, but it wasn't until I dodged a deer at 60 miles an hour on a curved and hilly road that I knew it was more than just adrenaline and good reflexes. The slowdown hits me when the speedometer hits 60 miles an hour. I can feel every heartbeat, and I become more and more aware of the sweet smell of corn and the sound of the wind rustling the fields. At 80 miles an hour, I can see air currents coming off my car pushing blades of grass. I can hear approaching cars at the intersection a mile up the road. At 100 miles an hour, I can feel every time the piston cycles in my engine. I can feel the valves clicking open. I can actually hear the combustions individually. I can almost feel the gas pressurizing. At 112 miles an hour, I feel like I'm in a trance. Time stretches and dilates. Calm takes me. Then I hear the screaming of police sirens coming from town miles behind me. Damn it. Of course Kane was going to try to bust me for speeding. By the time he catches me, I'm back down to 30 miles an hour and we pull off the road. I watch him lumber up to me in my cracked side view mirror. Hey, chief, now I swear I wasn't speeding. We both know that's bullshit, Erica. No, look, by the time you clocked me, I was only doing about 60. Erica, a 60 and a 65 isn't speeding, Kane. I'm a deputy. I think that gives me a five mile an hour buffer. Erica, I'm not writing you a ticket. We got a case. I need you back. Can't it wait until Monday, sir? Or like even, you know, tomorrow morning? Well, I'm sorry to be disturbing your reckless endangerment time, but all the cows in the entire town are missing. So, you know, I think it's an emergency. Uh, I'll race you back to the station. That's the end of part one. Okay. So at the end of last episode, I said I really wanted you to write a story in this world specifically. And then, lo and behold, you ended up doing it because, you know, there's not many of my worlds that could actually have good stories that aren't written by me. But the reason I wanted you to do this was because I think you could do it more justice than I could. Because I always go too convoluted or get too weird. I think that your writing style matches this world more than my writing style. I think that's true. And I mean, that was kind of the joke of that yeah, episode. Um, <laughs> that prompt was that we were switching roles. You know, like you were going to write something complicated. You were going to write something simple. I was going to write something complicated. Yeah. But then when this prompt came up, I asked both you and Diana what world I should and do. we both said this. Diana's, well, Diana's first suggestion was do the one where there's a sentient planet. And I was like, no, <laughs> not doing that. I have no idea what I would do. Yeah, it's like the first one I did was already a story. The second I, what I did was just like I wanted to have Halo versus D&D. <laughs> Anyways, what was the other? Oh, gosh, I forgot about yeah, that. Everybody did. Um. <laughs> 
but yeah, so that that was how I came to this one. Is both of y'all suggested it to me, so I'm like, well, okay. Yeah. I like what I got though. I, I think it's fun. I'm I'm glad. I, I really I'm happy. Like actually hearing you do the story is like good because this is exactly what I wanted to happen. Because <laughs> I definitely could not do it justice. And so like that's focusing on this world. Like I was trying to do something that was like because I always think of stories that like end up being like ten pages long. This one, it's a little, um, how many, it's not that, yeah, it's, this is about four or four and a half pages. Um, it's not too, it's yeah. not too bad. And like, I wanted to do more contain. I wanted to do like your type of thing, where it's like a nice personal intimate story. And so yeah. you'll see we're going on to part two, prized possessions. Prized, yes, you get the point. We had been paddling the canoe for just over two hours and our arms were beginning to get extremely sore. We spent the sunrise reminiscing about middle through high school and fantasizing what things would have been like if we made it to college before the rain started. Sarah wanted to go into environmental studies. Patrick wanted to be a teacher. Me, an engineer. And surprisingly, Carl wanted to be a marine biologist. We all had a big laugh at the idea of a marine biologist who couldn't swim. It really felt like we were back to the days before all this started. We switched back and forth on who was paddling so we didn't get tired out before the day truly started. Before long, we made it to our destination, the front of the Sanderson Mansion, where their large motorboat boat sat docked. The boat was off-limits to the public, but of course the Sandersons had already left, seeking a safe haven for the rich. But could they let others less fortunate people use their boat? Of course not! They locked it off as a symbol of how absolutely petty they were. At the very least, someone could be living there. Whew, what a beauty, Patrick said, looking at the boat in awe. Guys, you, you can't be serious about this. What if we get caught? Carl said, panicking. By who? The police don't care anymore. No one cares about us. Anyone who remotely did left a long time ago. So, it's ours, I said back, slightly agitated. Yeah, no more Christmases, so consider this the last big Christmas gift we will ever receive, said Sarah, then stood up and took a dive into the water to make her way over to the boat. Previously, she had dove down into the sheriff's office to steal the boat's keys. Of course, it was previously impounded after the Sanderson's youngest son had thrown an illegal drunken party in the middle of the dam. Which was nice because a copy of the keys were hidden under the water for the up for the taking. So it was ours for the day. The plan was to joyride for the rest of the day and leave this at the shelter for anyone who wanted the chance to take the boat to find higher ground. It was no use just sitting there getting wet. Patrick and I dived in as well and made our way to the boat to meet up with Sarah, but Carl stayed put. Once we made it on board, we did an inspection to make sure everything was in working order. After letting Carl stew in the rain by himself for a bit, we threw a tow line over to the canoe and brought him on board. He was overly careful as usual as he climbed up. We stood in the back of the boat, or whatever it was called, and looked off towards the sunset. So, this is our Christmas, huh? I said. Yeah, and I think I want an extra Christmas present, Patrick said, and smoothly pushed Carl overboard. Why? He screamed, sounding betrayed as we all jumped over to join him. Sarah swam underwater and began to kick his legs for him. I held him up above water and Patrick began to coach Carl on how to swim. It was our life goal to help him get over this hurdle. And we would do that even at the end of the world. 
So much time passed of us laughing and cheering Carl on, but he finally got the hang of it. He was soon able to swim around the boat as we prepared for our maiden voyage. See, guys, that wasn't that bad, he said proudly. We all laughed as it had been one hell of a time teaching stubborn Carl how to swim. And that's the end of my second part. I, I am still enjoying your your story thus far. Yeah, I tried to make something kind of enjoyable. <laughs> so I will say, um, I feel like the rubber bands on the other claw here. You know how, like, usually mine's the world that has a bunch of typos in it, and I struggle to get through it? <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's Now getting, you know how I feel! <laughs> it's getting edited out. That's why I stop and repeat the whole thing again rather than just moving on. But thank you for keeping that in so everybody knows just how bad I've been doing and that I had to scream obscenities five times in a row before I could get it right. I'm just saying, I've gotten so much grief from Diana about stumble-bumbling through my worlds, which makes me well, realize you that you're not editing edit out that out. Because you go, err, and then you keep staying from where you said err at. And I was like, I can't smoothly put this together. You could if you love me. I do love you. I just can't do it in that way. I should have named one of the... All right. I should have named Carl Cody. Dang it. Y'all ready for this? Da, 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 every time. <laughs> I won the race back obviously yeah i think i waited for about 10 minutes at the station for sheriff kane to get back woof there was a sentence i think i waited for 10 minutes at the station for sheriff kane to get back to the station on my way back i had plenty of time to think the town is surrounded by farmland for miles and miles and miles there's a lot of farmers that own a lot of cows i mean a lot of cows there's probably thousands of cows okay so some of the high school kids have some pretty slick powers. One kid is kind of like a crappy chameleon. <laughs> Little Jeff Witty can bench press like 400 pounds, but he's built like a pencil. I think one kid can talk to chickens. <laughs> but none of them could steal thousands of cows. I sat on the hood of my car waiting, working on a list of suspects until finally Kane got back to the station. I clipped my badge to my belt and climbed into Kane's truck slash patrol vehicle. Well, where are we going, Chief? The old ball place. They called in something weird, and well, Kurt, he's an OT, so he don't get shaken up by much. Kurt Ball has been an old farmer my whole life. <laughs> yep. He can, well, he can't really talk to plants, but he can communicate with them, so he's always been a bit of a green thumb. When we pulled up to the old ball place, it was kind of eerie. The place was abandoned. Cows literally vanished in their tracks, and the farm was empty and silent. I will say the smell was still there. Kurt was waiting for us outside. And, you know, you can tell you live in a small town when someone meets the police outside their house with a shotgun in oh, hand. Lord. Totally unselfconscious. Hey, Mr. Ball, you know, some people would say that greeting the police with a gun is a bad idea. What's that? I called the police. Yes, Mr. Ball, we are the police. Uh, the police are on their way. <laughs> Mr. Ball? Hey, Kurt, what's going on? Hey, Sheriff, cows all gone. All of them, I suspect, but the corn's chatting. They're saying it was the lights what got them. The corn told you that floating lights stole all your cows. Well, I guess we better keep our eyes peeled then. Kane! I pointed across the field towards the next farm over. Hovering, hovering silvery lights were swooping over the hog farm. Uh, I gotta take the car, Kane. What, Erica, don't you dare take my truck! Ugh, don't blame me, Kane. Drive so slow. 
and I have to chase down these floating lights. And that is the end of section two. I liked it. I, I like, I like how you portray old people in your stories. <laughs> oh yes, so, I called the police. <laughs> it's like, no, we are the police. Oh yes, they'll be. They're on their way. They'll be here. I just, I like that. That was really fun. So I, I don't know if this is true. If it's just a joke that people made about my grandma in her later <laughs> oh, no. years. Um. At one point, she kind of just started ignoring people, <laughs> except which, and it, it's like she wore hearing aids, but it did seem very selective. <laughs> where, like, someone would ask her a question, she'd just be like, "What?" and just wouldn't answer them. And then someone that she wanted to talk to would ask her a question, she'd be like, "Oh, how are you doing today?" And I'm like, "That's awesome." Have you just got to the age where you just stopped talking to certain people? Yeah, it could get away with it because you're like old. It. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That's awesome. So that's what uh. <laughs> that's what Kurt Ball was supposed to be. That's, that's amazing. I love that so much. Okay. And this is now part three. Will I still stumble over words? Let's find out. It's part three, Christmas. Our joyride took off without a hitch. The boat had some power behind it. We found below deck there was a foosball table and some board games. It was good to be out of the rain for once. Patrick was designated driver as his parents had taught him how to drive a boat during their family vacations. It was a rocky ride at first, but he got the hang of it. It helped that there was no wind and the water was decently still. We took our tour around town, continuing down memory lane again. Patrick wanted to take the boat off the remnants of the dam like some kind of waterfall into hell, but none of us wanted to die quite yet. The rain had started midsummer, so we were all very aware that we would probably not make it to Christmas. So, this was our last chance to celebrate. Carl, Sarah, and I were setting up a small Christmas tree that we brought along with us as Patrick was finding us a place to dock at the next destination. Despite the fact that shopping was pretty scarce at the end of the world, we all managed some small gifts for each other. So, this sucks, but turns out my bag of cookies wasn't so waterproof. Patrick said, walking down the steps, holding a cloudy bag filled with water and chocolate chip cookies. Anybody want cookie soup? Ugh, no thanks, Sarah said, sticking out her tongue in disgust. So, you ready to get the show on the road? I want presents, man! We all gathered around our gaudily decorated tree. We each brought a load of ornaments from our own houses and clashed them together on the tree. It was ugly as hell, but it meant that we were all one big family. Okay, okay, so let's do this, Carl said, passing out the gifts. We tore them open greedily and gasped at the results. To think, even though nothing was still around, we were able to be we were still able to be thoughtful. Aw, I gasped as I pulled out a sign the signed Marvel comics that I had always been envious of. Well great, I have I will have a ton of time to catch up on my comic reading. Sarah punched Patrick in the shoulder. You bastard! I told you you didn't have to pay me back, she said, holding up the $30 that Patrick had owed her over the years. And thank you, Carl, for the fishing rod, she smiled. Well, crap, dude! Carl exclaimed, pulling out the Game Boy and the games I had got him. I wasn't going to be using them anyways, but Carl was definitely the right person to get them. Look, I don't mean this to sound like I am not excited, but yay, books. I can at least live in a fantasy world as our fantasy as our world ends, Patrick said in his generally monotone voice. We all laughed. Yeah, the thought of the world ending was the worst, but we had each other. Well, this isn't the complete end, Sarah said confidently. Yeah, did everyone bring their stuff? 
I said, following up. Oh, come on, man. We can't still be doing that, Carl said nervously. Even though he was completely against it, the plan was still on. And that's my third part. I, I am still very much enjoying this. That reminds me of Friendsmas. You can tell I was trying to be concise with the story because each section. Yeah, no, it's good, short. though. It's it's like. I know. I, I'm trying not to be the most convoluted writer. In no, the but you're hitting there. the personal moments, you know, and that feels nice. No, you're doing real good. I actually really like this world considering yeah. I thought I was not going to like it. Yeah, right. Especially when I started like this world is melancholic and sad. But also the $30 thing is actually based off real life there's i still owe sarah three dollars well i think i she says i don't have to pay her back but i still owe her three dollars from high school when she gave me half of her panera sandwich man you know paypal <laughs> exists right yeah and i well for their wedding i was just gonna give them a gift of just three dollars just so i could finally pay you back but instead i decided to be actually thoughtful get um donate money for oh, their that's a good idea so, actually yeah they, they got more than let me just tell you yeah like advice out there to people getting married donations for a honeymoon solid plan i didn't do yeah. it but it was a, it's a smart idea <laughs> it is because they had donations for uh, sorry they had like the usual like registry for wedding gifts but they also had a thing like donations for honeymoon i'm like yeah i feel like this is yeah like, also slightly really good cookery like get small good like if you don't want to spend a hundred dollars and you don't even want to spend thirty dollars get a good whisk you know but don't get a crappy set of frying yeah. pans that I then have to tote with me for the rest of my life because no, I no. feel bad because they're gifts. Well, you throw them out once the nonstick. Or what you do off. is you get people really good, like an actual solid stainless. Anyways, we don't have to get into my opinions of cooking where. Um, <laughs> right. I mean, we could honestly, we could talk about cooking we, and cooking wear for a very um, long time, but we don't all right. have to. Part three. I really hope it was mud flying up on Kane's truck as I slid through the hog farm. When I got close to the lights, they scattered, but whatever they were, they did not expect to deal with an OT that can drive like I do. I picked one of the lights and focused on it. I let the accelerator touch the floor. The world slowed down as we both ex we both accelerated, flying across fields and patches of forest. I felt the sense of calm again. And just as I reached the point where I could feel each stroke of the engine, the light changed. I could see a flickering, pulsing shroud around the light. It was hiding an honest-to-God flying saucer. Well, okay, it was m more like a flying rotated oval, but that doesn't roll off the tongue, so flying saucer. And just my luck, it was a convertible. So... Time slows down the more adrenaline that's pumping through me. Well, time stopped when I jumped out of a battered old Chevy at 100 miles an hour. I mean, it really stopped. I had time to think about how mad the <laughs> sheriff was going to be when he found his wrecked truck in the woods. I had time to think about how I had no idea who was flying that saucer or where it was going. I had time to think about how much I loved Lawrence, and I also had time to realize that I was not bored at all anymore. With a crushing smash, I landed in the small craft. Whoever was driving that craft seemed to be shocked and not overly welcoming of a woman stealing their, their car. After a few elbows to the face, that was taken care of. The good news is we were still moving incredibly fast, so I had plenty of time to work out the controls. I did not really have enough appendages to make the craft work correctly, but I managed to learn enough to follow the swarm of other lights flying up into the sky. I could try to explain what it's like landing on an alien spacecraft, but at some point, I'm not really sure it matters. Suffice it to say, they breathe air, 
and I found all the cows, or at least what was left of them. When they realized that a human had jacked one of their crafts, I was taken to their captain, leader, whatever. It was the most impressive looking alien <laughs> I've ever seen. And, I'm sorry, it's the most impressive looking alien I've ever seen anyways. Mm, how did you get here? You are under arrest for the theft of, I want to say, 2,000 head of cows and like 20-ish pigs. Also... I don't actually think I have to read you your rights, because I don't actually think you're a citizen. <laughs> Funny human. But how? How did you pilot? Humans are too slow to react to the ship. Yeah, I'm cool that way. I'm pretty good at driving things, I guess. Good. No, not good. Alien. You are like us. I gestured at myself. Uh, that really seems to not be the case. <laughs> they walked up to me and placed their, well, for lack of a better term, hand, I guess, on my head, like us in here. Do, do you mean you're an OT? Are, are you also an OT? OT, what is OT? We are the Clarks. You are Clark like us. We wondered, we wondered what might happen when the artifact fell there, human. Humans are Clark-like. Look, um, Mr. Clark. Clark, Clark, I am called Lat La mm. I am called Lastass. Lastass. I am Deputy Erica. How about this? I won't arrest you, but you have to put all the cows back. Otherwise, cows, you can have the cows. We needed new food to clone, but we must remain secret. No one can know about the Clarks, otherwise people like you, the OTs, as you call them, might be in danger. The Clarks might be in danger. Promise, promise, Erica. That is the end of section three. <laughs> okay, Cody, I love this. I love you. I love your style. I love, I just like that you, I always go for just like something just that means something to me. You just have like a really fun story that everybody can enjoy. And I hate myself because you're better than me. But I re I really like Erica as a character. She's really great. It's just that sense of humor that she has is really great. The Clarks, I just part of me just really wants them just to be like the neighbors down the street. Yeah, we're the Clarks. We're just like an alien family. They're not the here, Clarks. But fine They're the Clarks. C L O R K S. They're the Clarks. The Clarks. You definitely said Clarks, but okay. That's just the Clark accent. But yeah, no, I. I really like this story. I hate you. Well, really you know what I okay. So the last two or three books that I've read, they've done this really cool thing where they just skip the boring parts that where they would like describe what an alien ship looks like, and I'm like, I'm not gonna tell you what it looks like. All right, I don't care. That's not the point. <laughs> yeah. It's an alien ship. Just let your mind. That was work. fun. I well, and I mean. For this show, since we only do like an hour to an hour and a half, <laughs> yeah, that's what we do now. Um, <laughs> like, since we only do a limited period of time, concise, like it's good yeah. to be like quicker with some of the description and concise. And like, I like that you didn't spend like five chapters describing what the, this is not going to be five chapters, but describing every single thing that happens. Like, I like that it's very quick, very good to go through. And speaking of very quick, I'm going to my next part because, as usual, we're over an hour. Remember when this was an hour-long podcast, like, 50 episodes ago? Actually, probably <laughs> closer to 60 episodes ago. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay, so here's my part four, the art exhibit. Patrick had haphazardly docked the boat in front of the, in front of the remnants of the downtown museum. It wasn't much, but it had some cool art and a few cool displays. 
The first floor was completely underwater, but we still had the second and the third to mess with. The plan was simple. Get out some of our teenage angst on the old art displays and then replace it with stuff that was important to us. Yeah, it was a dumb idea that could have led to us all being sent to jail. But there were no rules now. The world was slowly being flooded. Everything was up to us. Oh, come on, guys. I thought we talked about this, Carl said, eyes darting around as if the cops were right around the corner. No one is coming to get us. We can do what we want here, Patrick said back. But, but... What if the aliens come down hundreds of years from now and they look to see what society was like, but they all they find is teenage vandalism? Well, if the world isn't completely flooded, then they get to see the truth. That in the end, this world wasn't all water and sadness. That a few teens had one last moment of glory before they all drowned, I said. Come on, no one will know, and plus, this will be fun. It will be an artistic and creative outlet. Remember your big speech when the principal got mad at you for drawing on the desk in the middle of school? Or sorry, in middle school? Sarah said. Fine. Then at least let's make this look awesome, Carl said, trying to straighten up a bit. Perfect, Patrick said. Time to destroy something beautiful, Sarah cheered. We took a nice short swim to the second floor of the museum. It was a lot easier now that Carl knew how to swim. And then we spread out. The goal was that not one thing in the museum needed to be left standard. And why should it? The museum stood for the history of this small town. The mayor and the rich lifer families that have been living in this town since the beginning, since the very beginning, funded this place. All around were paintings and things that didn't matter anymore. What mattered was us in this moment. We would be the symbols of things that were left behind. If... Any of this was ever dug up after the rain apocalypse, then they would see a town that stuck together in community and people who stayed to rough it out even knowing the end was nigh. Plus, wasn't that what life was all about? Making way for those who were coming next? So we destroyed it all. The painting of the rich lady with the ruby earrings went over Patrick's head, completely smashed. The bust of our first mayor found itself at the very bottom of the flooded waters. Jewelry of times past were smashed and thrown out. Paintings of fields and angels were spray-painted and torn and thrown into the rising water. It was fun smashing things with baseball bats. We all cheered and laughed as we played baseball with things none of us could remotely afford. The things of the past were broken into one million pieces. But that was only half of it. We then started putting up our displays. Pictures of school events were hung on the walls. Items from when we were young were put on pedestals. Sarah had been snapping Polaroids left and right today and had hundreds more of them that we hung up in an, ex in an exhibit. It was all the fun we had since getting together as friends, and it was beautiful. After all of that was settled, we started painting. Carl was a genius artist, even if he was shaky and nervous most other days. We were going to make a mural displaying our friends over the years. This was an ode to ourselves. If anyone did find all of this, it would only show how much we loved each other and not the vapid art that others told us was important. It was the perfect symbol for a group of crappy Midwestern teens. The sun was starting to set just as Carl finished his last brushstroke. 
We all fell over in a pile with a loud sigh and stared up at the ceiling. Well, this was the perfect day, huh? Patrick said quietly. Too bad it's all over. Well? Sarah said, holding up her Polaroid camera and snapping a picture. At least we have the memories. Even if things end all weird and sad, at least we have our memories. Well, no matter what weird embarrassing moments I've had over the, all the years, I'm glad I met you all, Carl said with a smile. I love you guys. Thanks for everything, I said trying not to cry. But the tears flowed, and then we all broke out crying. Then there was laughter because of all the crying, and then crying again. It was a mess, but it was our mess. We started to clean up and go. It got If it got too dark, there was no way we would make it back, and despite being the worst type of teenagers, we didn't want to make our parents worry too much. It was sad to leave the moment, but I'm glad we had that moment together. Yeah, the world was ending. Yeah, it was freaking hard to deal with. But this way, at least we had one last day. One last moment to enjoy ourselves before being plunged back into the reality of a watery end. I am sure we will see each other before the end, but now I knew no matter what happened, at least we had each other. And that's really the end of my story. That. Water and sadness. That was really good. Yeah, I'm glad you liked it. I enjoyed writing it. I enjoyed the feel, the thought of like, you know, the in, being a yeah, teenager no, was... in the end of the world or now being a 28-year-old <laughs> adult was... in the end of the world. It's not the Okay, not the end of the world, guys. <laughs> it was, I feel like it was appropriately like, it wasn't like, too miserable it was an appropriate level of miserable you know what i mean it was miserable in an optimistic way i was down yeah. i liked it and i felt like it did a good yeah. job of portraying the feeling it was trying to portray you know what i mean because i mean even beyond yeah. just like um i mean th this is kind of like the nature of like growing into different phases of your life it's just you know the next phase for them is literally apocalypsing but you know whatever um but it is kind <laughs> yeah, of that like right now you know that certain of these friendships that are really important are not going to be there when you like move on to these later stages of your life, you know, which in some ways is its yeah. own kind of little apocalypse. So, you know, you did a good job of that feeling coming through. Well, thank you. You are welcome. Thank you very much. I, yeah, part of it was based off real life stuff and well, not, we, I never snuck into a museum and destroyed everything. We just joked about it a lot. Oh, was that like, was that <laughs> like a high school fantasy for you? Our idea of like me and Sarah was to do quote unquote, destroy something beautiful day, um, which was gathering up just a bunch of just random stuff like paintings, everything, and just smashing it all and like tearing it apart, then burning it in a bonfire. But we never did that because we never had enough money to buy a bunch of stuff to destroy, even though we could have just easily goodwilled it all. How like, very yeah. fight club of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well it wasn't like we weren't gonna go out and destroy other people's stuff we just wanted to do like you know nice contained in someone's backyard with a bunch of baseball bats and scissors you know how very fight club of you <laughs> <laughs> yeah but we, ne we never did sadly i kind of want to just show up on their doorstep now it's like hey sarah we're gonna we're gonna destroy something beautiful i brought a bunch of paintings <laughs> let's burn them all all right you ready <laughs> yeah I left my badge on the table and looked Sheriff Kane in the eyes. I had already decided not to cry, but I could tell Kane was about to start. I can't tell you where the cows went, Kane. I know you want to know, but he held up a big meaty hand. You can't work here and hide evidence of a crime. But, Chief, the FBI, they can't- I... 
am not going to lie and say that you were the best deputy I ever had. You sped all the time. You were coarse and stubborn. I am going to miss working with you, though. So much. He came around the desk and gave me a massive hug, and I could swear I heard him sniff. After a moment, he let go and backed up. His droopy eyes were misty. You know, Erica, there is a pretty big dirt bike track for racing just south here in Angola. Might be something to keep you from speeding through cornfields, because without that badge, I am going to start writing you speeding tickets. One year later. The helmets are stifling and I miss my music, but racing dirt bikes does get my heart pounding. A horn blares and the crowd's cheers are deafening. I pop my clutch, the front tire comes up, lands back down with a sharp jolt. My Honda rockets forward. I lay the bike over into the first turn, the tail sliding out in the dirt. 20 other motorcycles in a tight pack rocket around the track in slow motion around me. I can feel each time my heart beats. Each time my engine fires. When I look up in the crowd, I have time to see each face. That's when I see him, Sheriff Kane, equal parts exasperated and tickled, cheering for his long-lost deputy. That is the end of section four. It ended short. (laughs) I know. You always do your short endings. I liked it. I like your story. I like the humor and stuff you put into it. I I really like the character of Erica, but, you know, I like most characters you do. Well, hmm. Mm. What what character do you not like? You seem to be specific here. Well, no, I remember a couple weeks ago yelling about how you didn't do the romance I wanted you to do. Oh, but, you know. which rom- Oh, yeah, the one where I didn't. The yeah, chicken story where they didn't where end up just, together. Where, like, I after listening back to the episode and also hearing how like unreasonably bad I was. You were very like, upset about that. Yes. Like, I, <laughs> I understand the writing that you did with it, and I'm happy you did it that way. Like, you know. Yeah, the guy was not mature enough to be in a romance. But, like, yeah, that's the only thing I, like, didn't like because, you know, I, like, we, I think we said it earlier with, like, the books. Like, yeah, you imagine how a story ends in your own head. But sometimes I like someone just to tell yeah, me how right, things end. Yeah, right, right. And, like, I, because I can make, like, you've seen it. We've done it 70 times. I can make up my own story really yeah. easily. But sometimes I like to hear how someone else's story Well, ends. and I mean... I feel like that thing of wondering, like, imagining a different end for a story is especially true in, like, sequel or trilogy things where you have a long time to sit and think about that story. And then they go. Yeah, because when you're, like, in a story, you're, like, turning the page so fast, you don't really have time to, like, think ahead unless you're taking a lot of breaks. But, yeah, when there's time in between two books, all of a sudden it becomes a lot more apparent. Yeah, it's apparent. It's just... uh... I don't know. Well, and like the thing, it also happens with movies. Like you imagine like the end. Cause I mean, I'm more of a media watcher than a reader. Like I read and listen to books, but not nearly as much as you and Caitlin. I don't think I will ever read as much as you and uh, Caitlin ever. Cause you guys read audio books, man. Audio books. Well, yeah. And I like, I don't know. I stick to podcasts at work, not audio books because I actually like to sit down and enjoy an audio book. So audio books are more of a driving thing. Yeah. For me. But yeah, um, yeah, no, I liked your story. I enjoyed what you did, and it's my role as usual. Um, well, I have to find the actual window where I have it open because I have so many windows open for no reason. Okay, let's see what we're doing next time we do a normal world shop. Um, oh, fun! Number nineteen, world after the villain has won, 
And the stipulation, you can either pick an existing property, what would that look like after the villain has one, or make up your own. Ooh, this is an interesting one. Yeah, yeah. I will probably end up making up my own or just do, do kind of what I did for a gritty reboot where I like just had gritty Captain America because that was fun. So I kind of do want to do what does the world look like after the village just wins? Like and I want to pick a fun, I either want to pick fun or just make a fun thing. Like, oh, yeah, no, there used to be this. Yeah, but it's it's going to be fun. I like that one. So number 19. Isn't this, is, um, is, this is the, um, this is the, was it Megamind? Is that uh, what it is? Yeah, Megamind. Yeah, I think that was where the the movie starts with the bad guy winning. I shouldn't watch Megamind before I write this world, or I will just write Megamind. I mean, Megamind, the villain won halfway through. Oh, okay. And then then it was like trying to, like, oh, crap. I don't know what to do with my life Have you seen it? Did you like it? Was it good? I I enjoyed it. Like, I usually don't like Will Ferrell. Like, I'm not a big fan of his, but, like, I thought it was a really, really, it was was fun. I enjoyed it. Um. Anyways, Cody, what do you got to plug? Um, check me out at, at the Wandering Gamer Network on Twitch, YouTube, and podcast places. Please check out their Twitch. I do enjoy watching and commenting. And I know that you guys recorded for YouTube, but I enjoy how you have to address me on your <laughs> Twitch streams. Well, okay. <laughs> so just if somebody just watches the YouTube, it's just like they keep talking to this Jordan person. What's happening? <laughs> it's fun for me. But um, so my I first want to plug um because I told him I would and I do really want to I want to plug another a friend of mine they just started like really getting into Twitch streaming and they've been doing some really creative ideas for Twitch streams so um check out twitch.tv forward slash md leo spaceman I can I'll put the link in um but it's based off um Thirty Rock character Leo Spaceman. Oh, yeah, MD Leo Spaceman. So Dr. Yeah. Leo Spaceman. So check out his um Twitch. Um so some of the recent streams they've been doing that I've really enjoyed. Um he does open books, which he'll like ask a question and just like so either you can call in on his Discord and like talk through, like tell the story of what the question is, or like just chat back and he'll read off and like just answer the questions himself. It's really fun, interactive, and it like helps build a good community, which I really like. One they're starting soon is they're gonna be I'm pretty much doing like mystery science um, theater type thing, but with um, public domain movies. So they're going to be um, doing drunk public domain movies. Um, And then they also do like a um, kind of a talk show on Fridays. So yeah, definitely check it out. It's a really, they're really fun streams. I've enjoyed every one that I've watched so far. The open books are my favorite just to hear other people's weird stories about just random things that happen. So, um, but yeah, then of course I'll plug my se- Ew. Uh, I'll throw out my own plug. Um, you can check me out at something, I guess, zero zero at twitch.tv. I stream sometimes back to doing that again, because I don't have a consistent schedule because life sucks. Um, anyways, thank y'all for listening. Cody, you got anything nah, else? Nah, man, I'm good. Nah, man. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll catch y'all on the flip side. Bye. Bye.